You are listening to Recovery Matters. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Pedro and I am in recovery. Let's open this discussion with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. For the sake of anonymity, and keeping our respective traditions, we are not going to discuss affiliation with 12-step programs by name or offer our full names at all during this broadcast. What we will do is offer you insight into the practical application of principles that helped us to arrive at the realization that the spiritual life was the key to the freedom from the bondage of self. We may often quote literature that is connected to recovery programs of which we make no claims of membership or affiliation in any way. This group's primary purpose is to carry the message to anybody that still suffers. There is an easier, softer way, and it begins here, today. I'm excited about that topic, Kevin. That's a good one. Yeah, I I think it is. I think it is. You know, you want to get started? Yeah. And uh, I guess the topic for tonight that I came up with was uh, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And why I chose that, because like that's actually um, out of the traditions. And it's really, really a sweeping statement for them to say, the anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions. And uh, <clears throat> it's a lot more than just, uh, you know, just let, you know, gossip is a bad thing and, and, you know, we don't do gossip or anything like that. There's a lot more into that statement than, than um, just not talking about each other, you know. And I'm going to read a, out of Oxford Dictionary. I'm going to, because Bill Wilson was very, very, um, he used the dictionary when he was writing all the time. He knew what the meaning of specific words were. And um, this is what the Oxford Dictionary says about anonymity. And it's a noun, and it's the, the conditions of being anonymous. And it gives the example of most people who agreed to talk requested anonymity. And then the second meaning of it, which is, more along the lines of what I think they were talking about with this statement is lack of outstanding individuality or unusual features in personality. And it gives the example of the anonymity of the big city life definitely has its advantages. And so basically like um, when, when they couple that word anonymity with reminding us to place principles before personalities you know we're talking about you know how we have to get personalities out of the whole thing and for me I I got this this understanding that like when we come into AA we're not better than anybody else in there you know it doesn't it's not about how much money you have it's not about how big your personality is it's not about any of that type of stuff we're all complete equals when we come into the rooms. And that's as much a part of the anonymity as about not talking about others, not gossiping about others, and protecting each other's, you know, um, 
well-being, you know, and and it's it's vitally important that we do protect other people's well-being, you know, because that's that's something I've seen people, you know, like I I know one person did a four-step and then their wife broke into their house and read their four-step, you know, and then that kind of really messed everything all up. Is the anonymity part was just not there for some, and they go back out if they don't, if they're not protected, you know. Because some of these people, you have to learn to trust somebody, and your life depends on being able to trust somebody in the rooms. So we do have to maintain that anonymity. But the concept that we're all equals, and how does that relate to, you know, how we, you know, move forward? Post before personalities and how do we live our life according to that? And I'd like to bring that up as the topic and then putting it out to you guys. That's interesting because it's, uh, I'm Doug, I'm an alcoholic, um, a spiritual redneck, and, and I liked, I liked that explanation. I like the definition that you, uh, that you shared about it because it's, it does give me a different perspective. I was trying to, collect my thoughts as you were saying it and um, I I mean I always looked at it I guess singularly would be the best way and more from the from the point of who we are doesn't make a difference but that takes it a lot further and I um, I would love to hear more of what you guys have to say on it Sure. So Pedro, alcoholic and addict. So this, this explains a lot and, um, really kind of contrasts well with my current journey. So in the 12 and 12, my, there's a few of my favorite paragraphs about the 12 tradition and the first two paragraphs of the chapter on tradition 12, this is what they say. The spiritual substance of anonymity is sacrifice because AA's 12 traditions repeatedly ask us to give up personal desires for the common good, we realize that the sacrificial spirit, well symbolized by anonymity, is the foundation of them all. It is AA's proved willingness to make these sacrifices that gives people their high confidence in our future. But in the beginning, anonymity was not born of confidence. It was the child of our early fears. Our homeless groups of alcoholics were secret societies new prospects could find us only through a few trusted friends the bare hint of publicity even for our work shocked us and uh this is like a huge spiritual principle at work one that i just personally went through over the past few weeks where there is fear born from pain and on the other side of that after resigning to the pain is solutions and that's something I still struggle with. I still, in the midst of that fear, have to reach out to friends in the program for help. I forget that all I really, you know, all it takes is time. All it takes is time for the competence to be born out of the fear. But the pain, it's like I forget how it worked last time when I'm in the middle of all the pain. Then here's that last paragraph, and that doesn't tie in, right? But this one's great. These experiences taught anonymity is real humility at work. It is an all-pervading spiritual quality, which today keynotes AA life everywhere. 
moved by the spirit of anonymity, we try to give up our natural desires for personal distinction as AA members, both among fellow alcoholics and before the general public. As we lay aside these very human aspirations, we believe that each of us takes part in the weaving of a protective mantle which covers our whole society and under which we may grow and work in unity. Boy, that's so well put. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm Don. I'm a grateful alcoholic. You know, and I, I I feel good because both of those things that uh, that what you did, Kevin, with the dictionary, I was doing that earlier today too. And I think it's so important to look up these definitions to actually get the meaning instead of what I think they are. You know, and I get a different perspective. And I also read the twelve and twelve earlier today. Um, and it is, you know, it is about that sacrifice. Am I giving up that part of myself that thinks I am different, or thinks you are different? Or, you know, you know, and, and do, am I putting that in between offering the solution and accepting the solution for myself also? You know, because there have been times for me where it's like um, I have cut myself off from the solution or not been willing to give it to the solution because of certain um, biases I have against somebody. Um, you know, and I need, really need to work on that and understand that this solution is for everybody. You know, um, and when I look at it, it uh, there's another line in the big book that says we all suffer from a deeper spiritual malady. And when I understand that, whether you're a butcher, baker, or candlestick maker, um, <laughs> we're all, we're, you know, we're all suffering and we all need to be with each other. Um, you know, so that sacrifice, I need to give up that part of me that would separate me from somebody else. And we all have our differences, um, but at the bottom of the line, um, the solution needs to be there for every single person, regardless. The unity is more important than the individual. One of my, um, going off of what you were saying, Dan, it's like one of my favorite lines in, uh, in, um, in, in Daily Reflections, it talks about a guy that goes into a meeting tips over the coffee machine, you know, takes his shirt off during the middle of the meeting, starts swearing and screaming at people and stuff like that. And the guy goes, thanks for the reminder of what I used to be like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's, that's part of it. You know, it's like, I have to come to peace with what I used to be like. And I have to have my hand out there for the alcoholic or the drug addict or whatever. They're the most unlovable people on this earth. You know, a practicing alcoholic or a practicing drug addict are the most unlovable people on this earth. They do terrible things to each other and to anybody that they can to continue doing what they're doing. And we have to be able to reach out and to love those people. Anyways, they used to say, "Love, let us love you until you can love yourself. That's not always an easy task, you know. Because, because they are some people that are really hard to, to, um, to tolerate, you know, for the most part, because they're they're in such suffering, and we need to be able to see that, you know, we have we have to see that that they're not, you know, that they're sick, they're not good, they're not bad people trying to get good, they're sick people trying to get well, and that's a different thing, and it's a different way to look at them. And that changes everything when you look at somebody like that. Yeah, I, th- I think the um, the theme I'm getting is that 
the health of the of the group is far outweighs the importance of the individual. And I mean that's that's also evidence in things like group conscious, you know, where uh, when issues come up and and in a home group or, or whatever and or in any small group of alcoholics, I mean you're you're trying to make decisions based on what's best for the group. And that means that you know no one has uh, an outsized voice in the discussion. If, if there's somebody that's a part of a group that's been sober for 48 hours, they, their voice is just as important as someone that's been coming there for you know 30 years. And that's one of the things that attracted me to AA when I when I first came in was the idea that there's no big shots, no little shots, one shot and we're all shot. You know, and, and the, I, I like that because I, I've seen, I, I try to catch myself if I ever get to the point, the same thing with the, there are no leaders, only trusted servants. The idea that we're, we're there to help one another and nobody's really in charge. It's the, it's the collective identity of the group that's in charge. Each, each individual group has their own, you know, their own um, dynamic and their own mission, but there's no personalities in that group that are making the decisions. It's the, it's the group that matters. Wasn't that that story from the Bible too? And I think that that's a part of it, right? Where he's telling them that it means a lot more to give a little bit for the guy who can't afford it and doesn't tell anyone he's given it. That means a lot more than the guy who has more than he can use and make sure that everyone knows how much he gave. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another little piece to that, right? Where he says that, that the man who prays silently in the back of the church has a better place in his kingdom than the guy praying at the top of his lungs in the front, in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the gimmick, right? Is that what we've done is shown in the people that we help. I heard a saying today, you don't motivate people by showing them how powerful you are. You motivate people by showing them how powerful they can be. And that's what the whole thing is about, right? Is that we do this work and it's shown in the people we help and then stay quiet. And that That's the whole process. And that there's a spiritual principle at work there that helps feed our development. Without even asking for it, you get the help. Yeah, because if I'm looking to take credit for it, then I automatically need to start checking my motives and, and to see where I'm coming from. You know, and I think a, a part of it is too, you know, that part where I try to separate myself sometimes. I need to realize that with just a little twist of uh, a few circumstances anywhere in my life, I could be that person that, that you know, I'm uh, that I'm separating myself from. We all suffer from, like I said, the deeper spiritual malady and how it manifests in our life. You know, we don't really have any control over it until we come into a program and we start looking at it. So if I'm looking at somebody coming in a room thinking, how the hell could you be that bad? Um, <laughs> I need to understand that that could be me. Uh, that man is you. You know, and I need to understand that, that uh, to some degree or another, I have every trait that I like in somebody and every trait that I dislike in somebody exists within me also. So I am a part of, I I am not separate from. And and that goes back to the sacrifice. I need to sacrifice that part of me that thinks 
I am different. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel, you know, like I've talked to people in the rooms and I've known a lot of people that have killed somebody when they were out there drunk driving. And I, I used to, I learned how to drive drunk. You know, I did it all the time. And, and it's just like, I could have been that person that killed somebody so many times over. I could have been that person that spent their entire life in jail. I could have been that person that, that you know, blew off the second meeting and never went back to a meeting and I'd be getting worse and worse and worse and worse, you know, and my morals would be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So that I could be absolutely anything out there, you know, I don't know. There's nothing that I couldn't, no depth that I couldn't sink to if I had kept drinking the way I was. And I'm only one back to that. So I really need to foremost in my mind all the time. You know, the other part of, of that 12th tradition, the principles before personalities, it's, it's so easy for me sometimes to, to get distracted, um, you know, by, by a personality and for me to pick out something that I don't care for. And if I don't check myself and, and start thinking about, you know, the principles and, and relate more to, um, you know, showing somebody some tolerance and, and showing some love, especially if I, if I find something that I don't like about them, if I find something objectionable, that means I've got to try all the harder you know, for this, especially for the good of the group to, to operate on principle rather than focus on personality, but it's not always easy to do. And, and I think that, you know, having a discussion like this, um, is helpful because it, it's never that far away, you know, like any bad behavior. It's one of those things that if I'm not, if I'm not continually aware of it, just like if I'm not, you know, if I'm not going to meetings, I'll forget that I'm an alcoholic. And if I'm not reminded of, you know, a tradition like this, I'll forget that I can step off into judgment and be doing harm to the group without even, without even realizing it. You know, and I don't think we do talk enough as a whole. I don't think we talk enough in meetings about the traditions and, and why they're there. And, and what's the old saying that says that the, the steps are there to, to, keep us from killing ourselves and the traditions are there to keep us from killing one another. And, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, because it, I've never ever seen, um, an example of a group of people that are more diverse and more, um, more, if you looked at it from the outside, you would think these people are not going to get along very well. And they're going to have this house is going to be on fire in no time. But yet, with the guidance of the traditions, the the different personalities in AA seem to seem to thrive. You know, not just survive, but seem to thrive. And I think it is a big part of his having these traditions and these guidelines to go by for it. You know, I uh, I was taught you, that the steps are what you do for for yourself, and the traditions are how you treat other people. And I, I try to practice that as much. Like, for instance, they have that one part about uh, that each group is autonomous and then that uh, one group doesn't have an opinion on what the other group's doing. 
you know, I try to bring that into my house and do that. And I try to do that with my, you know, I don't have an opinion on what my wife is doing, you know, and that's real hard to do. But you know what? My life goes a lot better when I practice those <laughs> traditions. You know, there's there's a whole lot less, you know, stress and, and arguments going on in my house. And, and and if I could actually learn to, to, to practice that, you know, and, it, and it's almost like um, I was listening to a, to a show about the hidden brain and it talked about how we look at other people and we look at other people and we think we know them and we know what's going on with them and everything like that and we think they don't know anything about us at all and and that's that's how we there's a part of our brain we have like two different rules looking out and then what what we think people see when they're looking in at us you know and and our brains just um, they just don't take into account. And when we judge ourselves, we judge ourselves on our intentions, where the rest of the world's judging us on our actions. And we do the same thing. We judge other people on their actions. But when we're looking at ourselves, we got the white hat on and my intentions were good, you know. And Mao Zedong <laughs> is the one that said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, and you know, he should know, you know. So... <laughs> but, but uh, so that's that's something that I have to be careful of is is how I how I look at the world too, and I, I need to see people's intentions sometimes. You know, it's it, people's actions are what they're judging me by, and that's what I judge most of the world by. But I also need to look. You know, I need to start. You know, giving other people the doubt sometimes that's something that really works well for me too is if I give other people the benefit of the doubt you know and there's usually that solves a lot of my problems too you know with people you give them the benefit of the doubt instead of just automatically jump into the fact that people are doing stuff against me on purpose and you know my brain's a it's a mess you know I can't pay attention too much to it <laughs> I do that all the time with uh, when when I tend to get pissed off, you know, for somebody cut me off in traffic or you know any any of that stuff that people get pissed off about or you know flipping me off or whatever whatever it might be, and I try to think about you know to picture picture that individual and and giving them the grace of thinking that maybe they just buried their dog, you know, or or something like that and that they're they're entitled to have a bad day and that it's not that they don't mean it you know that, that instead of taking it personally and, and getting mad myself I try to try to allow them others to have the ability to to have a bad day because I know I've been in their shoes before you know what I mean and I try not to get try not to get angry uh for silly reasons and, and sometimes it helps sometimes it doesn't but it does certainly make it easier when I can when frame of mind now one thing that did pop into my my mind earlier uh, when Pedro mentioned the word humility I thought about the responsibility statement um, you know where it says that we want the hand of AA to be there um, it was pointed out to me very early that that's the hand of AA, not the hand of Don. Um, you know, and I, and I, I needed to realize that, um, 
part of it is is giving up that idea that I can help everybody. Um, I may not have the the experience with um, certain circumstances, and this goes with the principles before personalities. You know, there are people that um, I don't think I would be suited to help um, because of some things from the past, some things from the you know. Just personality clashes and stuff, and I need to give up that idea that I can help everybody, um, you know, and and allow the other people in the program to do what I'm what I'm unable to.、Uh, so that's part of that anonymity there too is、uh, is giving up that idea that I can do it and accepting accepting who I am and、uh, allowing AA as a whole to help the individual. Couldn't agree more. I also think that anonymity piece. You, so we are unique in this way that we might be judging someone. We might say, "Wow, look at the horrible things they've done," or whatever. But once they walk into the rooms and put their hand out, we help and we treat them just like everybody else. There's not too many places in the world like that. No, you're absolutely right. It's it's very unique in that in that respect, because there's for all the organizations that are out there, I, you know, that I've ever been involved with, whether it be a, a union or a workplace or you know a church or anything.、Um, there's there's way less. I'm not saying it's perfect, but there's way less of the of the gossip and the backbiting and the There's way less of that in AA than I've seen in any of these other things, and and I think it's it's unique because you would think it would be, just, <laughs> I would think it would be just the opposite given given all of our histories, our collective histories. I was thinking too about the、uh, what Don was saying about the unique ability of for the for someone that's looking for help. Um, there's an old old saying that says there's a wrench for every nut, and I don't have to be the crescent wrench that's trying to go around and and do everything because typically they don't work as well as a good,、uh, you know, as a good fitted fitted wrench. And and I think that sometimes just staying staying out of the way and focusing on the good of the group and allowing、um, you know God's will to happen. People find the ones that they're intended to be helped. You know that are the matches that are intended to be made as far as working steps and and closed mouth friends and that stuff. It's, it happens a lot of times if you if you just continue to show up and stay out of the way, and then people find one another. Yeah, we we don't we don't run the meetings. You know, it's pretty much it is run by some higher power, and I've seen that happen many. You know, over and over and over again, it's proved to me all the time. You know, and I, I was taught, like for instance, I, I go into a meeting. I was taught, I used to always go in and raise my hand. I got a topic, you know, and all this type of stuff. And, and then I find that now, nowadays, I go in. I don't have to bring up a topic. I'm going to get the exact topic I need. You know, whereas I think I need to hear about, you know. About、um, other people not practicing the traditions, I hear about something like 
humility instead, you know, like what <laughs> what I the exact opposite of what I want to hear, you know, but I get what I need if I just sit there and let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah, there was a guy not that long ago that was chairing my home group and we had been after him, you know, extended the opportunity for him to chair a meeting. He had never chaired that meeting before. And he was, it was, it was cool because, you know, he's probably been sober a couple years now. And uh, he was, he was nervous and he was extremely nervous because the chairperson on Sunday morning is the one that picks the topic. And, and he's used to seeing that unfold, you know, where the topic, ends up being applicable to the people that need it and and he he thought that it was something the chairperson was doing and that he was going to be responsible for that so he's the he comes in that morning and he's like hey you know i've been looking this over but i don't think this topic's gonna work you know i, I got the book out i was reading in the book and, and uh i said i said well what do you got and, and he told me i said it's great he says well what do you mean that's that's not going to be right I says, just the fact that you got in the book and was looking in the book, I says, that tells me right there that it's the right thing. And sure enough, I mean, he he did choose what he had originally picked, and it turned out to be one of the one of the better meetings, you know. And and he's like, I don't get it. I I thought it was going to be terrible. And I says, that's the idea. Is you're not in charge, you know. You just let it happen, and and God takes care of all the details. And it's remarkable how that works. Whether you know, like Kevin was saying whether I hear what I need to hear or what, you know, sitting back and watching it happen with others is, is such a treat, especially somebody that hasn't been coming around that long, because I'm sure that he'll remember that. And that that was the first time that he had experienced that. And uh, I just watching, watching the, getting a chance to see people grow in, in this program and in, in their spirituality is, is the most rewarding part of the whole, the whole gig. I mean, it's, I enjoyed having a little more money in my pocket when I first came in, but <laughs> this is way better than that even. You know, one thing I will say um, is there's been a change in me where when I first came in, um, no, it's I just need the meetings. I just need the steps. I need this. You know, the traditions are for the, the other people, you know. I, uh, but... <laughs> Now I actually look forward to going to um, tradition meetings and I look forward to learning about them um, because, you know, the single thing that I would hate to do is I would hate to harm AA. Um, you know, and I, I've said it many times before, um, AA did very fine um, without me. You know, I came back after my relapse. Um, everybody, there were still quite a few people sitting there that were there when I left. <laughs> Um, it didn't you know, hold up? No, it didn't. A surprise, surprise. <laughs> You're not big enough to hurt AA. <laughs> no, you know, um, and what a wonderful thing that is. Um, but, you know, coming back, though, I also, you know, realize just how important it is to me and how big of a part these principles and, and where it has led me or allowed me to go, you know, even, you know, taking the program farther and seeking out different ways. Um, it is important to me to respect and treat the program with all the respect that it is due. Um, 
you know, and I, I don't take it lightly anymore. And I actually seek out knowledge of, of other people uh, that have more experience with the traditions than I do. Um, you know, and I, 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 yeah, was, I would hate to do anything to harm AA as a whole or an individual AA. Um, you know, uh, I make a lot of mistakes, you know, just ignorance and carelessness. Um, but I would hate to, to do something, you know, knowingly and just say, ah, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it anyhow. So it keeps me in line more, I think, and keeps me um, more focused um, and respectful. I still consider myself a guest when I walk into a room. Um, and I treat it with the respect that if I was a guest in your house, I would treat it the same way, you know, and it's just something that I try to do. I'll never forget when uh, when I first started going to my home group and and I had been asked to do a little bit of service work. So I was there there early one morning, this old timer that started the group, he uh, he says to me, he says, Hey, he says that guy we had that was the treasurer, I think I think he took all the took all the money that we had <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to scrape by for a little bit and I and you know I was I was fresh and, and new and I was like well what are we gonna do about it Jesus this, this is terrible he's like nah he probably he probably needed it don't, don't worry about it and I'm thinking this is nuts but it but at the same time that was that was the first of many such lessons of, you know, not judging people and not, um, you know, welcoming people back that, that have relapsed a dozen or more times. And, and they, and they walk back in the door and the minute they walk back in the door, they're, they're brand new again. And, um, and they're welcomed and they're, and they're treated with respect and, and love. And I mean, you just, I've never, I've never been around anything in my lifetime, uh, been around, uh, you know, an organization that, that handles their business like that. And it, to me, it's remarkable and it, and it does make me, um, it makes me proud to be a part of it. You know what I mean? And, and it makes me, like Don was saying, it makes me respectful of the, of the traditions that were put in place to preserve that because the, the minute it if it were to change I'm sure that it would be the downfall of the whole thing you know what I mean it, it wouldn't take long before pretty soon you'd have you know people that wanted to be elected to be in charge and and wanted to start calling the shots and telling other people what to do and, and it would it would cascade downward from there but to think that everybody is everybody's the same you know that anonymity means that there's that there is no hierarchy that everybody everybody's the same and that's that's unique i know that i i remember when i had the same experience you had this like the, the this guy took all the money from the treasury and took off and went and bought his girlfriend a ring and he came <laughs> came back and and they let him be the treasurer again because nobody else wanted to do it <laughs> <laughs> was he still married <laughs> no that, that, that whole thing didn't go too well 
No, it, it is something. Greatest show on earth. <laughs> it's funny in that in that twelfth tradition in the twelve and twelve we talk about that where there's a couple little paragraphs about how oh yeah we had a bunch of newcomers just running out and telling the media where they want and people were like what are we gonna do we're gonna have to kick them out or whatever and they brought it back to you know the home office or whatever what are we gonna do with these people and they were like ah nothing just do nothing it'll be fine <laughs> that's AA for you the, the early guys they talked about this one guy that was so deplorable that he did something that was so deplorable that they didn't want him in the group but they let him in anyways you know and it's just I wonder what this guy did that was so deplorable you know it's like <laughs> I, I never understood that you know? because cause I, we come from a different era you know Oh, that's for sure. We've seen it all. It has, there's, there's, um, there certainly has been, in the time I've been coming around, uh, it's just over 23 years, and it has evolved in, in some pretty unique ways, um, I'd have to say, but, that's one thing that I can I can say is as far as the traditions go I don't think I think that they've been uh, relatively consistent for as much as AA has evolved around the traditions um, I think the traditions have, have pretty been pretty consistent over that time and, and that's comforting because you I mean, I understand that things that the only constant is change, um, but it's good to know that this set of, you know, governing principles is uh, is working. You know, what I mean, it's keeping the it's keeping the rudder right in some pretty turbulent times as as things have gone. You know, there's been so much stuff. I remember, I know exactly what what Kevin was speaking of, where, you know, you would get these little mini controversies over whether it was okay to say you were an alcoholic and a drug addict or people didn't like cross addicted or, you know, they they didn't like the word recovered and, and all this little seemingly minuscule stuff that that would seem like it was going to make a big stink and then it just kind of it just goes away you know without hardly even anybody noticing after a while because nobody does get nobody has the ability or the um, the right nobody has the right to get so mad that they can make too big of a fuss over it because the traditions say no that's not our job and that's it's neat to see that in operation yeah, it's funny if you read the book and you don't know alcoholics, you would think that we're that that we're being trained to all be these like Buddhist monks, you know, love and tolerance is our code and peace and don't. And it's like no, they have to tell them that over and over because they'll get worked up over anything, you know. Yeah, I gotta tell myself that over and over. Love and tolerance. Love and tolerance. <laughs> There's definitely. I mean. When I when I think about the cast of characters that I've known, 
that I've been privileged to have known over the over the years in in AA. I mean, it's it's remarkable that nobody's been killed or or beat or beat down or I mean, it's just it's crazy when you think of it. And and the only thing the only thing I can think of besides having you know a higher power guiding the whole thing is these traditions that that do whether people understand them or not um they do they learn by osmosis i think is is maybe when you when you see other people not get upset over something that you're upset about eventually it kind of rubs off on you you're like oh i, I guess i'm not supposed to be bothered by this and uh it is it is remarkable for sure i remember a meeting where um a guy took us didn't like what i said during the meeting and during the lord's prayer he came up right next to me and everything took a swing at me right during the lord's prayer oh, right? <laughs> and i sitting there saying we got to get this guy out of here you know we got to close you know not let him come to this meeting or and stuff like that and an old timer pulled me a number one you don't have to give somebody the death sentence and if that person doesn't have aa aa could be the difference between whether he lives or dies and your little petty he took a swing at you doesn't add up to a death sentence for somebody <laughs> and that clicked to me it made sense you know it made sense that i can't keep somebody else from this because i don't particularly like the way they live or what they do or any of that type of stuff you know it's i'm not i'm not the judge and jury of of people and i i don't get to see who lives and who dies you know cuz this is a serious disease and it it is about life and death to me if i drink again i know i'm going to die maybe not this week maybe it would be this week but i don't know but if i drink again i know i'm going to die you know i know i won't last long and I'm on borrowed time now so definite uh, it may not be a physical death that i experience either um it may be a spiritual one an emotional one you know mental one and and i can walk around like i did before i came back um in a misery and uh you know i i sometimes think that that would be far worse than death um actually i, I do believe it would be um you know because what i was doing before i came back was not really living i was i was dead um you know just uh my body just in uh, every way except a physical one and you know if somebody is in this program um you know i'm a firm believer that if i don't drink alcohol today the only thing i'm guaranteed is physical sobriety but if i want to change and if i want to have that possibility of change that that physical sobriety needs to be there and i would hate to deny somebody else that that uh chance um so i need to be respectful and i need to allow them to be who they are and you know when it comes down there are extremes um you know and it's where intergroup you know uh you know world services all these things come in so these extreme things um can be taken to the the, the people that need to and make decisions i mean there's been groups that have been um taken off the meeting list and not be considered uh in AA meeting because of the way they operate and all those things protect 
the ongoing recovery. And I, I need to accept all those. And if I have questions about them, I had a couple questions at uh, a roundup I went to. And so I sought out the, the area delegate um, to seek out somebody who had working knowledge and, and had much more experience than I did. And it's the same principle. Um, if I want to know how to get sober, then I'm going to ask. If I want to know how to respect their traditions, then I need to ask people the questions. And I need to... Um, I guess, humble myself and say, hey, I don't know, you know, what is the answer? What's your experience? And, and go from there. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty eye-opening when, uh, you know, I, I talked to this guy for a while and it, I got uh, a different uh, a, a different point of view from, you know, somebody who was doing it all the time. I, I talked to my friend the other night. I was going through some pretty dark stuff and but I'm also always looking for that the highest spiritual experience you know I guess it's the new buzz I'm chasing and I and I said to the guy I said you know what pisses me off the most is that is that I ask for this shit you know that that the pendulum swings both ways and I don't think about that when I'm reaching for the stars and then this stuff happens and I remember that I asked for it yeah I mean, that's God's will is a, is a strange thing because um, it's gonna it's gonna come in all different all different forms, and if we're asking for it, we got to be ready for it when it comes, and not you know not question it. Just take what's given and do the best we can with it. And you know, you know what made me think of that is what Don said about death death every kind of physical right that's that little death that's the whole point is to die before dying to be reborn you know and and so then we think yeah we'll go on the spiritual path you know because it'll make us peaceful or whatever it's going to do drink but the reality is is that we have to face some pretty heavy shit you know because that's the path we chose yeah well i couldn't bury it anymore you know I couldn't go on just pretending things were right anymore. It just for me, it ran out. I, it was the last road I had to take was one to honesty. You know, I didn't have any choice. You know, it's it's funny because when you look at um, when you look at AA as a whole, as your lifeboat you know this is the vehicle that is saving all of these lives and it makes perfect sense that you would want to make sure that you took care of it you know what i mean you want to bail the water if it's, if there's water coming in you want to you want to patch up a hole if there's if there's a hole you want to you want to do everything that you can to ensure that this vehicle that you're in is going to be able to not only for your for your own sake but for the sake of the other people that are in the boat with you I mean make sure that you do everything that you can to keep it seaworthy um, because your life depends on it and you, you're not gonna there, there's so many um, I don't know uh, what's the what's the uh, I can't think of the word um, metaphors there's so many metaphors in the big book about you know the 
everybody from the captain's table to the steerage and all that stuff and there's a lot of shipwreck metaphors in there but but it's true because this this AA program and the the organization is is a lifeboat i mean it saved my life and and it's it's working pretty well you know what i mean so i i definitely want to make sure that if there's any sort of maintenance to do on the vessel itself besides my own spiritual um maintenance of my spiritual condition i want to make sure the organization is working and do all that i can and and it's explained to us i mean that's what the traditions are it's explained how we need to handle ourselves to make sure that this continues so it's uh it's pretty neat when you look at it from from that angle you know and i remember even back when i first came in they were saying aa is going to go bankrupt way back you know <laughs> and it's just yep yep sure it is yeah and it just you know it's not real <laughs> <laughs> Just the way we look at it. <laughs> they must have a, the big treasurer that took all the money and bought it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hope it works out better than the did for the last guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines in the book. We were morally and spiritually bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. That's about all the time we have for tonight. Thank you for joining us. I would like to close with a moment of silence, followed by the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.